When things start to happen or start to come to us in ways that feel a little too easy, we doubt them. And we doubt ourselves and we doubt the fact that we've actually earned them. But when we are doing, when we are in our zone of genius, when we are doing things that we are freaking naturally fucking good at, it's going to feel kind of easy. So I think that that's partly why very high achieving, smart people are more likely to feel imposter syndrome. And there's a little bit of that concept, the Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Dunning-Kruger is a really, really common poker concept. And it's the idea that like a new player that doesn't know what they're doing and has very little experience will have a little bit of luck and then all of a sudden think they're really freaking good at what they're doing. And so they sort of overestimate their skills or their strength based on luck or coincidence or some of these other things. And then they start to bet on that or believe that. You are listening to the High Growth Founders Podcast, where we give you unfiltered truth and ideas about accelerating the growth of your startup and becoming the founder you were born to be. No fluff, no games, just straight to business. I'm your host, Casey Jones. Through my career as a coach, consultant, advisor, and mentor, I've worked with hundreds of founders on their go-to-market strategy, building an authentic personal brand, and growing as a leader. You are here for one thing, growth. And this show is dedicated to helping founders accelerate growth, period. We will dive into not only the best strategies that are working today, but discuss the biggest mistakes and failures that industry leaders have made in the past so you don't have to. So kick back, relax, and let's get into the show. All right, my high growth founders community. I'm excited about this episode because this is a topic that has been coming up a lot lately. And I used to talk about it a lot more. And I've gotten a little bit away from it, but it is a really, really common challenge for entrepreneurs, for creators, for doers, for builders, for freaking humans who've got some drive and some ambition and some hustle. And we're going to talk about imposter syndrome about what it is, about how you deal with it, about how you cope with it, and a little bit about my theory of why we get it and when we get it. Because I've thought a lot about this in the last few years, and I think I'm onto something here. And I'll be honest, once I figured this out, I actually view imposter syndrome as a little bit of a badge of honor. It's actually for me now a sign that I am on the right track. And the other thing we're going to talk about for just a little bit is what it means to be a high growth founder. I've been thinking a lot about the name of this podcast. We are nearing kind of the end of this first year. I know we didn't launch until what, May, but I think we're at like, I don't know, 30 something episodes. And I'm thinking about what comes next. And I've been thinking about this name and realizing that I need to do a better job of reminding you of what it means, what it means to me, what it means hopefully to you, and what the show is actually all about. Because I've been just diving into topics and I can do a better job of telling you why you are a high growth founder, even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you are not a, if you don't ascribe to the bro culture um, vibe of growth, this show is for you. And this is the beginning of me talking about that just a little bit more. So as always, 
Keep on listening to learn how to get over your imposter syndrome. Learn why it might actually be a sign that you're doing something pretty badass and pretty awesome and what it means to be a high growth founder. And thank you for being part of this community and for continuing to listen. So keep on. Okay, welcome to another episode of High Growth Founders podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about something that has been coming up a ton and something that I can pretty much guarantee everyone listening to this podcast deals with on a regular basis or at least has dealt with before. And it is something that it sucks, makes you completely doubt yourself. But when you start to realize some of the background around it and the fact that it is super common and the fact that it's actually even more common with high performing, incredibly smart humans, um, you can almost wear it like a badge of honor. But before we get into it, I've been thinking a lot about the name of this podcast, High Growth Founders. And I realize that just the term founder is kind of a nebulous term and it means something very different for everybody. And so I am going to start reminding you on this podcast what I mean when I say a high growth founder. What does that actually mean? And I will also say there's a lot of this like hustle and grind kind of vibe, bro culture nonsense that high growth founders, that term can sound like it is in line with that. And I want to be clear, it really, really isn't. <laughs> if you know me at all, if you listen to this at all, you will know. So what do I mean by high growth founders? So first of all, a founder is a builder, a creator, a project starter. Yes, an entrepreneur, but someone who makes stuff, who creates value in the world, who creates things that solve problems for other people. And that can mean a million different things. Okay. You might be an artist. You might be a house cleaner. You might be someone who just writes some bomb ass social media content. I don't know, but you are someone who creates things to help others. And what do I mean by high growth? Like, yeah, I do mean revenue and I do mean profitability, but what's more than that? I mean, people who are constantly trying to learn and not just how to make more money, but how to be a better human, how to create more impact, how to live a more meaningful life. So high growth isn't about, you know, this aggressive external validation kind of metric. It's how do you go down this path? How do you continue on your journey as a founder in a way that is more meaningful for you? Okay, that's what this show is about. That's who I am talking to. That's what I am most passionate about in this life and in this world. And that's what I'm doing here. So I hope that that resonates. I'm really, really curious. Is that you? Does that describe you? <laughs> what about it does? What about it doesn't? You know how to find me. Come hit me up on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm terrible at Instagram these days. I'm trying to get back onto TikTok. But like, come find me, come talk to me or send me an email. Um, but let's get to the subject of today's episode. And it is imposter syndrome. 
And it's interesting, by the time this episode airs, I will have already done my course with Erica Schneider about the social writing boot camp and about personal brand. And as we've been talking about it more and more, as I've been um, doing some promotion around it, I've been having some really interesting conversations with folks about the fear that comes up around personal branding. And I think it's really similar to the fear that comes up around entrepreneurship. And this is imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is that feeling like the good things that have happened in your life that you have put together are a fluke, and you didn't earn them and you didn't deserve them. And someone is going to find out that you were a fraud. Like that's the idea. That's the whole concept of imposter. It's not just self doubt. It's this questioning the good things that have happened in your life, feeling like you don't deserve them. And there's a couple things that I want to bring up about this. So first of all, one of the things that I think is really interesting because I started to notice this in myself and I started to notice it in some of the clients that I work with of when they would feel imposter syndrome most acutely, it would be when they were in their zone of genius or at least their zone of excellence. It would be when they were doing things that just came naturally to them and that they were, that were true strengths and they were absolutely in flow and shining. And then amazing things would happen as a result. And they'd be like, why is this happening? I don't deserve this. And they would completely second guess it. And so there's something interesting about this. What I've realized, right? When we are doing what we are born to do, what we are meant to do, it feels freaking easy, (laughs) right? It, it feels, it doesn't feel like work. Like it doesn't mean that we're not working hard, but when we are in flow, it feels like it is just coming naturally and it can be really freaking easy to think that it's too easy and that the good things that come out of it are things we have not earned. If you're listening to this show, I know you care about growth, growth of the revenue and even better, the profits of your business, growth of the freedom and autonomy in your life and growth of yourself as a founder. And you are exactly who I created the high growth founders newsletter for. When you subscribe every week, you get an email with simple, actionable advice to help you be the high growth founder you were meant to be. No BS, no fluff. Just the strategies, tactics, and resources I've learned that help you grow your business and yourself as a founder. So go to newsletter.highgrowthfounders.com and subscribe today. So I don't know about you, but I definitely grew up in a family where I was raised to believe that anything good took hard work that nothing could come easily, that you had to sort of grind things out, that everything had to be sort of grueling. I was not taught to embrace what I was just naturally good at. I mean, I was definitely taught to avoid things I wasn't naturally good at, (laughs) but that's a whole other story. And I think that a lot of us are raised that way. And so when things start to happen or start to come to us in ways that feel a little too easy, we doubt them. And we doubt ourselves and we doubt the fact that we've actually earned them. But when we are doing, when we are in our zone of genius, when we are doing things that we are freaking naturally fucking good at, it's going to feel kind of easy. So I think that that's partly why very high achieving, smart people are more likely to feel imposter syndrome. 
right? And there's a little bit of that that concept, the Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. This is, um, I think I'd heard of it before, but my boyfriend really taught me about it because he used to play poker for a living. And he would talk about Dunning-Kruger is a really, really common poker concept. And it's the idea that like a new player that doesn't know what they're doing and has very little experience will have a little bit of luck and then all of a sudden think they're really freaking good at what they're doing. And so they sort of overestimate their skills or their strength based on, you know, luck or coincidence or some of these other things. And then they start to bet on that or believe that. Not to get too political, but Donald Trump is the perfect example of Dunning-Kruger. <laughs> Not going to go there. Okay. So, but I want to talk also about what can you do with imposter syndrome and how can you combat it? And there's a couple of strategies that I've used that have made a huge difference for me. And so I'm going to talk you through some of these and I want to hear from all of you. What have I missed? What ideas do you have? What ideas have you heard that have made a difference for you and in your life? So number one, do things that scare you and do, do it regularly right? This is one of the reasons why I'm such an avid believer in the work of personal branding is because it's terrifying. Okay. I've been posting on social media for five years, regularly for five years on multiple different platforms. And it's still a scary every freaking time I do it. And so when you do it on a regular basis, you start to realize that you can deal with it and that it's not that scary and you are more courageous than you thought you were. And you start to get a little, you you start to feel a little more badass about it. Number two, is collect positive feedback. And here's what I mean by this. Every time you get an email from someone that is saying like, oh my God, this was, this was great. Thank you. Take a screenshot of it, save it, put it in a folder on your desktop. You don't have to look at it, but when you're having a shitty day, when you're really doubting yourself, go and look at all of that. It's also, if you are an entrepreneur, or even if you're a creator who thinks you might want to become an entrepreneur, it's a perfect thing because you will want testimonials of your work later on. So that also helps there. Another one, number three, that I freaking love is call a friend to hype you up, right? I love this when a friend calls me and is like, oh my God, am I crazy? This amazing thing is happening and I'm totally doubting myself. And I can just be like, are you kidding me? You are freaking awesome. Like, I love that. I love playing that role. And I know you have people in your life that will do this for you. You've just got to ask them. And if you don't have people in your life that will do this for you, that needs to be a priority. Okay, number four. Mm, This is a big one. Learn the art of positive self-talk. I don't know about you, but I was taught to be a total asshole to myself. So critical, so mean. Oh, kind of the worst. And when I started to learn positive self-talk, like truly being able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, girl, you got this. Pump myself up before I go into a meeting. Psych myself up before I have that sales call. Look at myself in the mirror and be like, you are amazing. You are smart. I remember a long, long time ago, I had a boyfriend who was kind of an idiot, but when I would have a panic attack or I would get really, really negative, and that happened a lot in my 20s, He would sit me down and he'd make me say out loud to myself, I'm a happy, confident person. And the first three or four times it always felt so awkward and so stupid. But seriously, by like five or six, I'd be smiling. I'd be feeling a little sassy and it totally freaking works. Here's another one. 
save examples of work that makes you proud of yourself. It's a little different from collecting that positive feedback. So it's not about someone else. It's what are things that you did where you're like, this was awesome. I can't believe I did this. So this might be, I don't know, if you're a salesperson and you have an amazing quarter, take a screenshot of the dashboard that has your metrics. Or if you create a, I don't know, an email campaign, a social media post, a video, a card for your mom, I don't care what it is. Take pictures, save examples of it. Remind yourself of things that you do and have done that you feel proud of. The idea is to reconnect yourself to you when you are at your best. Something that my very first phone sales job, something that they did, which I thought was genius, and I've never had another job that does this. So once or twice a month, they would let you know that they were recording your calls. And it wasn't to spy on you. They did that (laughs) without recording your calls. They walked around. But at the end of the day, you would let them know what were the timestamps of two or three of your best calls of the day, and they would save them. And so when you were having a bad streak, when you were having a shitty day, you weren't selling, you were really struggling and you were like in a bad headspace, they would pull you from the floor and they would sit you down and they would make you listen to you when you were killing it. And it was always awesome because anytime that happened, you'd realize like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm being me. I'm in my groove. And it would help you get right back there and get right back at it. And it was freaking awesome. Okay. Now, last but not least is recognize that imposter syndrome is normal and it is common. It doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that it is bad or that you are bad. It is part of the process. Everyone freaking goes through it. It is not a thing you will ever completely get over. You'll learn to deal with it better, but it will never truly go away. And this has been repeated and confirmed by every freaking famous person on the face of the planet from Oprah to Martha Stewart. I only know women examples, but I'm sure there's men too. But it is common. It is normal. It doesn't make you weird. It's just something to manage and to deal with. And it's just a sign that you are leveling up. It's a sign that you are in a place that is a little terrifying and exciting and you fucking got this. Okay. So imposter syndrome, it's something you can manage and just know you are not alone in this experience. I hope this was helpful. I hope you learned something. And as always, thank you for listening in love and growth. I'll talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the High Growth Founders Podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show of whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from. Much like this show, I love getting into the good, the bad, and everything in between. So please, feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we are all here to learn from one another. So please, if this episode made you think of a founder who is leveling up in their business, take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're looking for some help identifying where you have the most opportunity to grow your startup or yourself, take my growth audit at a betterjones.com slash growth audit. You'll answer some questions about your business and yourself as a leader that will shed some light on where you can improve. Plus, you'll have the chance to book some time with me to talk through your results. Okay, that's what I've got. In love and growth, I am out of here. 
See you next time. 